0: This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. You know what? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our next guest, and that's Jim Caldwell. He has the longest uphill climb of any head coach in the NFL. And that's because all he must do is deliver the Detroit Lions their first NFL championship in 60, yes, six zero years. The Cardinals are the only franchise have gone longer without a title, but they've been to a Super Bowl. The Lions, they're one of only four teams that have not, and the other three are expansion teams. But with two playoff bursts in his three seasons as head coach, of the Lions, Jim Caldwell, is definitely on the right track. And he knows that path well. He took it there with the uh, Colts. He took him to the Super Bowl in 2009. Hey, Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
1: Hey, Jim, you coached Peyton Manning with the Colts, Joe Flacco with the Baltimore Ravens, and now Matthew Stafford with the Lions. Just how important is the quarterback position to the success of an NFL team?
2: Well, you know, I, I really think it's vital. I mean, there's been very few that have had um, a tremendous amount of success without a, uh, a quarterback that's very capable of, of uh, certainly carrying the team. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's what our question what everybody's looking for. Fortunately, uh, obviously, we have one of those. So um, I've, been, I've had great fortune uh, to have been able to coach some pretty good ones over the years, really good ones over the years. And I've uh, been fortunate in that regard. And, uh, and obviously, we have another one here as well.
3: Uh, Stafford, of course, was, was the first overall pick in the draft and one of only uh, five quarterbacks in NFL history to pass uh, for 5,000 yards in a single season fraternity that includes Dan Marino and Peyton and Tom Brady, of course, and Drew Brees. What makes Stafford special, and what leads you to believe he can uh, be the quarterback who brings a Lombardi trophy to Detroit?
2: Uh, Well, um, you a couple of things. Even prior to my coming, uh, you could uh, certainly see from uh, uh, the way in which he's played year after year after year, um, he's been pretty consistent throughout the years just in terms of generating yardage for his team um and uh, when we got here we found out some other things about him that you just didn't see on film his toughness uh his intelligence his desire and all of those things i think without question rub off on his teammates because he's also unflappable in very very tight situations so uh you know he and he's improving that's the other thing that uh that i think you find with guys that, that are going to be really good at that position in this league when they get to around five six and seventh year there's still a climb there's still an ascension you can look at their stats and see the direction in which they're going stats don't always tell the true story but, but i think when you couple that with wins it does so uh and matthew is certainly
0: on the on the rise jim you know what i loved about him last year the comebacks i mean the first half or three quarters of the season you guys were always coming back and he was always leaving you leading you to uh, a victory coming from behind and that's that takes something special i think from a quarterback yeah, I
2: don't think there's any question about it. I, I've been a part of two teams, um, actually, that set both records, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. We did it at Indy in 2009. We came from behind, set an NFL record for a number of times, coming behind in the fourth quarter, and we broke that record here. Um, and so that, that just tells you that, obviously, he's one of those guys that uh, does not um, shrink uh, when the moment gets big. Um, he's never deterred. He has good focus and concentration, and uh, and he's a winner, so... Uh, You know, we um, just anticipate uh, those
0: kinds of things, always keeping us in the ballgame. We're speaking with Detroit Lions coach Jim Caldwell on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at at And Jim, um, I talked about the drought in Detroit for the Lions. Let's go back there. The Tigers, Red Wings, Pistons, they've all won multiple championships in the last half century. I know you've only been to Detroit since 2014, but does that 60-year championship drought weigh on you as much as, uh, does the, the franchise in the, the city of Detroit itself?
2: Um, you know, not really, um, simply because, because of the fact that uh, I wasn't here uh, during mm-hmm. that time period. If I'd been here that entire time, obviously it, it would take on a little different uh, connotation. But <laughs> in terms of desire to get there and to, to win and, and those kinds of things, you, absolutely. We want to win it. We want to win it all. I mean, that's the, the point of coaching. That's the point of playing this game. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the desire to do that is is certainly there. Um, but I just don't have to carry along with me, you know, fifty uh, six other years. So uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we got to do, do our job, right? Oh,
1: with the, the Ford family's
2: carrying those six. Days. <laughs> 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 hey,
1: Jim. Upgrading the offensive line was obviously a priority this off season, and you signed a couple blockers in free agency: tackle Ricky Wagner and guard T.J. Lang. Now, I'd like to ask you about Lang in particular. He, he's a Detroit kid who's been to the Pro Bowl, also wears Super Bowl ring for the Packers. Were you looking for a little more from him than just his blocking skills?
2: Well, I, I think that's all part of it. I mean, obviously the first thing you, you look at is uh, you certainly want to get a real good sense of his athleticism and ability to do his job. He has that. Um, you obviously want to um, determine the character and strength of character and, and what kind of traits he has to offer the team. You also want to certainly look at his leadership capabilities and then um, does he have a history of winning. He checked all the boxes in, in that regard. Uh, he can do his job as well as anyone. He's proven that year after year. Um, he's a guy that has uh, just unbelievable character and uh, a great leader. You know, a mark of a true leader is a man who can lead himself and he's a good family man. Um, and, and a guy who's been beloved every place that he's been, uh, and then also obviously he's had a lot of success and uh, winning. I think is contagious, and he certainly brings that kind of attitude along with him. So I think that's helpful for us in terms of our offensive line room and our offense as well.
3: Now you had an eight-year run as a head coach, college head coach at Wake Forest in the in the 90s, and uh, just wondering, how did that prepare you for head coaching in in the NFL? And how different are those two jobs?
2: Well, the, you know they're they're it's still the game of football. there are some similarities, but a vast difference just in terms of the league and things of that nature. but I can tell you what it did for me um, number one it, I was thirty eight years old when I got that job and uh, and it was one of those real tough situations so I you know learned to battle through and persevere um, but then also I developed my you know a voice as a leader. Uh, you did it positionally and then as a coordinator, maybe prior to uh, being a head coach but but when you get a chance to run your own show, uh, you know you get to develop all of those things that I think, just in terms of party leadership, are extremely important. But one of the things that it didn't teach me as well is that there, you know, because of the fact that we just had to do everything right in order to get a victory, um, that it taught you about the little details and uh, you know how you had to make certain that you had every single um, you know I dotted and T crossed and uh, and I think that was very very beneficial for me. It was tough, it was difficult, um, but I had a lot. Of good men to coach, and uh, and it was a real challenge.
1: Was it fun, Jim?
2: Yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. I, I think, um, you know, every day I walked into the office, the same thing I do today. I mean, that's been 40 years for me, coming up on my 40th season, and uh, that job as well as any other one that I've had, I get up in the morning, I get in somewhere around 5 o'clock or a little before. And, uh, and I go home when I get finished with my work, but I've, I've, that's been 40 years, and I've never felt like I've worked a day in my life. So it's been an en- enjoyment. Uh, we've had uh, you know a lot of fun having an impact on young people, but we also just striving to win games. That journey in itself is, uh, is you know, obviously um, uh, a lot of fun.
0: Jim, talking about the – and we're speaking with Jim Caldwell, Detroit Lions head coach, talking about the little details. Uh, you worked in the NFL as an assistant for a couple of Super Bowl winning head coaches who excelled in the little details. That's Tony Dungy and John Harbaugh, two of our favorites. What impacts have those men had on your coaching career?
2: Well, you know, both of them have been tremendous. Tony, um, probably more as as much as anyone because I spent more time working, um, you know, under him than, than anybody in this league. Uh, I was with him for eight years, one in Tampa, seven in Indy. And then also, obviously, he's been a, a great source of information for me. Um, just tremendous at his job. I think oftentimes people underestimate, you know, it did for a while and obviously he he finally got uh, the notoriety that he should have gotten in terms of the hall of fame because he's a hall of fame coach. He's smart, uh, strategic, um, had a great way of uh, communicating with, with team. Um, I worked for him for, you know, with him and for him for eight years and never heard him raise his voice louder than I'm talking right now, but his teams are very tough, very effective and very capable. Um, so, you know, that was, you know, and he covered every detail and he covered it in a way where he treated those guys like men and expected them to measure up to it. Um, so uh, most of our practice situations, how we function in that regard, a lot of that, the great majority of it comes from obviously his tutelage. And then John Harbaugh, you know, I I had a chance to go um, and work with him uh, after we left, got fired at Indy. And, uh, and that was, was just absolutely an outstanding opportunity for me to even grow even more. Uh, they do a great job. have always done a great job just in terms of understanding the nuances of coaching and motivating a team. Uh, but then also, you know, I, I picked up a few things in terms of practicing situational football, and we've always practiced situational football, but they did it in a way in which it was a bit unique. Uh, there were kind of mocks that they put together on a daily basis that you work through them and not just when something came up in a ball game that you had to react to. So, um, so that, that certainly has helped us through the years as well. Both those guys were, you know, just had a, a tremendous impact on me, both great men and great leaders.
0: Just a hunch, but I guess, and I'm guessing, you heard John Harbaugh raise his voice oh, once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, John, John can get pretty excited. can <laughs> yeah, get know. pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, the the pretty thing excited. that you don't know
2: probably about that situation is, I, you know, I've known the family for quite some time. The reason uh-huh. why I went to University of Iowa, because I played defensive back and was getting recruited by them as, um, as well as a few other teams. But, but I went there because of the guy coaching the secondary there was Jack Harbaugh. And, uh, Jack was one of those guys that, uh, that I think when you see his sons, you see Jack. Uh, Jack was fiery. Jack was very smart. Um, obviously, you, you went know, from winning a national championship when he was down, uh, in Western and, and, uh, and has, you know, done a great job throughout the years, but, but uh, that was my first uh, sort of acquaintance with that family. I, I loved Jack even during that time and looked forward to playing for him. And, he, and and after I signed, we had to sign National Letter of Intent and then the Big Ten Tender. After I signed, he went to Michigan. So <laughs> so, so, so that ended that relationship rather quickly.
1: <laughs> Jim, you, you were the first African-American head coach in the Atlantic Coast Conference at Wake. Now you're one of only seven African-Americans serving as head coach of NFL teams. How important has the Rooney Rule been in opening the door for qualified minorities?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's been extremely important. I think because of the fact that it's given uh, so many of us an opportunity to interview where, in years past, um, uh, we weren't provided that opportunity. That uh, The Rooney Rule created a vehicle uh, to get uh, individuals that they um, certainly deemed capable in front of ownership and GMs and things of that nature. and uh, And I think it's helped. Um, and, and obviously I still believe we got a long way to go, but uh, but nevertheless, I think it was part of the process that certainly helped uh, a number of us.
3: Now, you won your first 14 games in your debut season as an NFL uh, head coach for the Colts in 2009, best start ever by a rookie coach in NFL history, uh, and you also became one of only five rookie, rookie coaches rookie to take, you know, take your team to the Super Bowl. So did you realize uh, then that you were giving your career uh, such a difficult act to follow? I mean, how do you How do you top that, or do you just think about going uh, you know, home well
2: i think yeah you know what the interesting thing is just like you just stated it, it it's very rare that it happens and it's not something that anyone um goes out and says hey we can do year in and year out this league is too tough it's hard to win a game let alone 14 in a row i mean we got on a roll we had an outstanding football team and uh still didn't finish it the way we'd like to didn't win at all um but but i do think there was even uh, you know a great learning process for me there but um you know it, it was a lot of fun and Uh, And we've had we had some great victories that year, and we've had some great victories since that time. So I'm looking forward to this next year. Let's see what we can do next year. Hopefully, we'll have maybe a similar discussion. (laughs) (laughs) There you go.
0: Hey Jim, speaking of Indy, you know when you were coaching there, it seemed like Tom Brady was always standing in your way. Now that you're in Detroit, it's like Aaron Rodgers always seems to be standing in your way. As a coach. Do you dread or embrace those challenges from the game's top quarterbacks?
2: Well, I, I do think if you're worth your salt, you embrace them. Uh, you know, I just think that um, you know individuals like that, what they do is they put uh, the opposition in a position where you've got to rise above and play extremely well every time you face them. I think it brings out the best in you. Every year that we played Brady and, and uh, the Patriots, we had a real challenge on our hands, and, and we won some, we lost some. And the same way with Green Bay. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is as good as they come. But our guys, I think each and every time that we go out to, to, and we prepare for the game and go out to play them, they're excited about the opportunity. And uh, think we have as good a chance as anybody else in the ballgame.
0: Jim Caldwell, thanks for the time. And best of luck beating that clock in Detroit. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, thanks Jim. Jim. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Stefan Gilmore, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.